Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Make It Pop, Powerful on Purpose. I am your professor of popping, Gray Marino, here today with Alyssa Weinzimmer, creator of Voice Body Connection. Let's get popping. Thank you so much for having me, Gray. Hi. It's very nice to meet you. You too. I know that you like musical theater. Yes, I do. (laughs) So I always ask musical theater people, what was your favorite musical? Oh, that's an easy answer for me. Um, When I was a senior in college, I directed a production of Cabaret because it was my, it is and was my favorite musical. Um, And I've, I've actually always been into being on stage and also crafting the, the experience. So um, I've like, even when I was, let's say like 10 years old, I have a younger brother and sister and we have this uh, living room in our childhood home where my parents still live, where like you walk in and the foyer's on one level and then the living room sunken. And to me, that was always a stage. It was like, there's a stage in my house. (laughs) And so I would, I would make my brother and sister perform and do shows and I would star in them and also direct them. It was very Clint Eastwood. Ah. And um, so anyway, so uh, part of the reason I know Cabaret is my favorite musical is because it was, even though I was performing for most of my adolescence, it was like the show I was always like, when I direct a show, I'm going to direct Cabaret. And I did it my senior year at college. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You created Voice Body Connection. Now, when you first think about it, it, I I like your tagline, you help people find their voice and both physically and spiritually. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did did this all come come about? Yeah, well, it came from my own personal experience and story. So I um, was, again, it's actually, I'm going to take you back to that same time I was just talking about. I was a senior in college. I had just directed Cabaret. I was at the University of Southern California, Fight on Trojans. And um, I had also been sick that first semester of college. I'd, I'd gotten mono somehow. I don't know how, honestly, um, but I was, I was pretty sick. My immune system was very compromised. And so I was you know, doing my best to balance, directing my first show, all of my academics and um, resting and taking care of myself. And I, I had gotten so frustrated with the amount of discipline that I needed in that situation. that second semester I like decided I was gonna let loose like like this is the end of college I'm gonna go crazy I'm gonna have fun so I actually made a commitment to myself very type a to like (laughs) drink more alcohol and party more hilarious Uh uh-huh and um and I was also um singing the solo in what a feeling from flash dance um in my acapella group um and there was this one particular weekend where we were on acapella retreat and we were rehearsing for our upcoming international championship of collegiate acapella set. I mean, I, I kid you not, my life was like pitch perfect, <laughs> the movie. Like this was just my life. And um, so we were like rehearsing over and over. I was belting it. I sort of had laryngitis. I was still sort of immunocompromised. I was drinking at night. It was like the perfect storm. I woke up um, on the Sunday morning of that retreat and it felt like I had shards of glass in my throat and it hurt to swallow. Mm. and not much sound came out when I tried to talk. And it took me a lot of years actually to be able to get a clear understanding diagnosis of what had happened. But essentially, um, I I got like a handful of opinions that week. I went on vocal rest. I I started taking care of myself. But what I came to understand over the course of time is I'd had a vocal hemorrhage. 
mm. severe onset of acid reflux and muscle tension dysphonia, which is really just a fancy clinical way of saying that my voice had clamped up, the muscles of my voice had clamped up. And um, that, especially that last one took me a long time to unwind and I stopped performing for a long time. And in that time and space that I stopped performing, I pivoted instead to wanting to understand how the human voice works. And even though I had taken voice lessons my whole life, I'd been a singer, I'd been in singing lessons, I'd been in Shakespeare lessons, everything. I um, started learning things when I was doing my research after losing my voice that I'd never learned before. And I was um, inspired and frustrated all at the same time. Like, oh, this is so important. People should know this. Why did no one teach me? Right. So very quickly, it became my mission to teach voice um, in a very unique way that often isn't taught. Like I'm not a speech therapist. I like am speech therapist adjacent and work with lots of speech therapists. I'm not a singing teacher. I'm singing teacher adjacent and I have my own singing teachers and I'm a singer and all of that. But I work in this kind of middle space that I think is um, blossoming more and more, which is about um, cultivating our voice on a physical level so that we're healthy. I call myself a vocal health educator. And then also about how we show up, like what does our voice mean? What does it mean to have a voice? What does it mean to speak your truth? What does it mean to have presence? Um, and so that's all part of what I teach in Voice Body Connection. So, okay, well then, yeah, break those down for me. What does it mean to have a voice and to speak your truth? Yeah, so one thing I like to say about what it means to me to have a voice is it means multiple things. Uh, I could be talking about my physiological voice and having a healthy set of vocal folds, larynx, hyoid bone. Like I can get really specific with you and be like, here's how the sternocleidomastoid muscle can affect your voice, right? We can talk on a physiological level, right? Um, but also having a voice means having your message heard in the world. It means um, it's a way of becoming intimate with other people. Something that I'm thinking about a lot lately since we're recording this right around the election is um, that it's about you know either uniting or dividing. Like our voice can bring us together or it can separate us. Right. Um, so I, I think of having a voice as a physiological, a mental, emotional, um, emotional, and a spiritual thing. Right. There's there's different levels to all of that. Uh huh. All yeah. To do with them. So yeah. I also saw um, that you uh, so you're a voice and presence coach. Now, <clears throat> let's talk about presence real quick. Sure. Um, I know that, you know, because we're all just like really quick to judge people. And sometimes mm -hmm. it just, a person can make you like feel so intimidated. Um, how would you work with someone that doesn't want people to be intimidated by them, like just from an outer mm -hmm. appearance? Great question. Um, so we have different states of presence that we can move between. And I use, I've studied a couple different systems of vocabulary that talk about this. Um, but essentially those systems always break down into like kind of three ways of being. One way of being is present and connected, like in a sort of balanced state of um, energy and focus. Yes. Another way of being is a pushed forced state where yeah. you're like more outwardly concerned right and then another way of being is to pull back right i mean like we can literally embody all of these things it's like i pull back i push or i settle somewhere in the middle 
right? I sometimes call that, if I'm thinking about what I'm focused on, then I sometimes call that balanced focus versus self-focus or other focus, right? Okay. Okay. And, um, and, we, and we can ask ourselves when we think about it that way, like, what am I focusing on? We can see that a lot of times, like for instance, someone who wants to have a lot of influence and impact in the room, they might get so focused on the other that they leave themselves behind and their presence starts feeling a little bit over, overly overpowering. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or oppressive to us. Exactly. So for someone who's in, that's what I hear you asking about for someone who's in that state of energy that they're kind of like their energy feels a little bit overpowering. The adjustment then would be like to kind of settle back into center. It's almost like, I think probably a lot of us listening are drivers. It's like, you don't need to press the brake, but you do need to let up off the gas. So how would you, I'm not sure if it, well, how would you tell somebody who has anxiety and doesn't know how to shift those gears? Yeah. So one of the first things I teach, cause I'm teaching my annual class right now called Authentic Voice Academy. And, and we're literally in this content right now. One of the things that I'm studying and loving is um, a neuroscience approach called polyvagal theory. It's a way of thinking about how our nervous system adjusts. So what I think is once we have the vocabulary to understand what a state of anxiety is and why it's happening and why it's actually effective for our human body, like we're doing it on purpose to some degree, I'm anxious because my body's in fight or flight because I'm scanning the environment because, and if we drill it down, 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 what we start to find is my nervous system thinks it's not safe right now. Mm. that's it that's like at the at the baseline I think I'm not safe so if someone's stuck in a constant state of anxiety the first thing that they need to do and this this goes for actors this goes for human beings the first thing we need to do like this is what I was doing with my group last week is like just put my hands over my chest over my heart breathe and just say to myself I am safe and the truth is that if I'm not safe my body will be like Hell no, you're not safe. Like, Get out of there, girl. What are you talking about? <laughs> Your body will tell you if you're wrong, but chances are generally good. Like when we're in like a, you know, political, you suck war on Facebook with someone, you're still safe. Right. Your body, your system may be thinking you're not safe, but you are safe. Like you can stand up, you can walk to the kitchen, you can get a glass of orange juice, you're safe. Right? Yes. So, um, I think a lot of what we need to do right now, I think a lot of the work we need to do, you and I are both sitting here in the United States of America, so I'll speak about our society, but really this is global, is make sure that we understand that we're safe so that we have the capacity to shift our nervous system state. Because it's, it's not gonna shift, we're not gonna be able to become present if the anxiety thinks it's necessary. Yes, of course. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, yes. And you also have a course called Release Your Voice. Yeah. Now, how often are your courses and what's released your voice about? That's, yeah, like, so, that's like the beginning of. Yeah. So the cool thing about, well, I'll just say my life path unfolded in a way where I had to think a lot about my voice physiologically in terms of like it actually functioning in a healthy way. And I'm lucky, I think I'll put it, that I happen to be an anatomy geek. I like love studying the human body and understanding not only how our nervous systems work, but how our muscles work and our bones and our connective tissue. And so um, when we start to understand like what is the human voice as an instrument, we can use it much more effectively. And the people who tend to be drawn to release your voice class are people who have gone through some version of what I went through, which is a version of, you know, not being able to rely on your voice, it feeling like it's 
fatigued, like there's a bunch of muscle tension. Um, I'm always surprised how many of us across industries, not just performers, but I have like, you know, um, engineers at Google and, um, you know, like oil and gas tycoons. Like prospect Pete from Toy Story when you say tycoon. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Oh my God. Hilarious. I have people from all sorts of industries show up for that class. It's really just a question of like, if your voice isn't functioning optimally on a physical level, that's what we deal with in release your voice. And then there are some people who would maybe do, and these classes, by the way, you asked there, I, I offer my classes on loop just once a year. Okay. Um, and, and part of what I do too, is that once you take the class, the first time you can repeat it in the future for free. I don't know if I'll be teaching these classes for 50 years, but like, as long as I keep teaching them, right. you can keep repeating it for free. Um, because these, these things that I'm personally exploring and teaching about are things that I've been exploring for years, like over a decade. And I find that I need to keep coming back to this material. I learn more. I need to do deeper dives, deeper passes. So anyway, I teach each once a year. Um, in January, Release Your Voice, we do a deep dive into vocal health. And in September, in Authentic Voice Academy, we do a deep dive into recalibrating the nervous system, kind of like you and I just discussed, okay. so that we can, I mean, basically what you and I are doing right now, something like this, if I don't feel confident on camera, if I don't feel good showing up in front of other people with my state of presence, it's really hard for me to share my knowledge in this format. Right. So that's really what Authentic Voice Academy is about, is like, you don't need to put on a facade and be like, hi, Gray, I'm so glad to be with you and share my knowledge. Like, we don't need to turn into know. robot people. Be yourself. Yeah, just show up, be <laughs> yourself. In my case, be Alyssa. And um, share my knowledge, my experience, my, you know, questions. So. Right. Yeah, and then the only way you get questions is actually being genuinely curious. That's it. And I'm glad that you just mentioned curiosity because I've been thinking about that a lot lately too. A lot of, um, and this maybe gets to back to the idea of, you know, like our voices can bring us together or separate us. A lot of the ways that we use our voices that separate us are we get defensive with mm. our voices. We're like, because of course, going back to that idea of I don't feel safe, then we're going to have to defend ourselves. But the way we can start to have like, you know, conversations that bring us together instead of polarizing us is by being curious yes. that's absolutely the path forward yeah yeah it, it's i think that um we're all just in our bubbles and on our phones and everything mm -hmm. else and we're not really curious about other people you know like we should be you know we're all here together that's yeah pretty much the gist of it you know i was just telling somebody the other night you know technically we don't own anything we buy <laughs> I was thinking about that recently too. When you really break it all down, we're borrowing everything. The only things we have here are each other to communicate with and get to know and get through things with. So I don't understand like all the discord because for what? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I totally agree with you. I've, I've gone down that train of thought before too. I think that ownership is um, a fallacy that we've constructed inside our economic model. Right. But, you know, like, I mean, it's, I think of like the line from Pocahontas, like no one owns, like, you can't like pick up the earth and be like, I own this. Yeah. We don't, no, it's not you know. how it works. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. but what you can do is say you own your truth and your voice and, and yeah. your body, you know, 
for the most part is what you have control over unless there's some medical reason why you might not you know? yeah i mean this is on loan to me for my time on the planet right now like right. this is on loan to me for i i have full use of the instrument exactly and if mm -hmm. you don't have it then Alyssa can help you get it <laughs> <laughs> i would love to i would love to so would you like to uh give us a little taste of a of something that you do like uh meditation sure. or something i have to yeah <clears throat> um you saw that <laughs> thank you for being honest about your throat clearing i did the same thing earlier today it, i was talking and it got filled up and i was like whoa i'm losing my voice mm -hmm. I, i'm glad i have dr <laughs> <laughs> i love it so what we'll do right now is something i call the voice body connection process um, and what this really is, is just an opportunity wherever we are to drop into answering the question, essentially, how am I feeling right now? I like to use this as often as I can throughout the day in order to remind myself to check in with how I'm feeling. So it's really simple. What we're going to do is ask ourselves four questions and then we'll share with each other. So the first question, and feel free to close your eyes if it helps you go into your own awareness is what is the strongest sensation I feel in my body right now? And whatever comes to you first is perfect. Just let yourself pay attention to the strongest sensation. And then going with that strongest sensation, ask yourself, why do I think I'm feeling this sensation? What's the stimulus for it? What do I think could have caused this sensation? Just answer that for yourself as simply as you can. I think it was reaching for a plate up high, something like that. Third question is what are my emotions about noticing this? And fourth question, once you've noticed any emotions you have, basic emotions are like fear, anger, joy, sadness. What do I desire? What, what can I tell that I want based on everything I just named for myself? What do I desire? And let all of that sink into the cells of your body so that you remember. And then wiggle your fingers and your toes. Stretch in a way that feels good to you. Good, open your eyes if they were closed, look around the space you're in, bring yourself back into the present moment and we'll share. So I'll share what came up for me because what this does for me, obviously, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and so I can kind of track it pretty quickly and distill it into speaking my truth, essentially. Um, what came up for me was that I noticed some tension and um, achiness in my shoulders. And I think it's probably a combination of sleeping funny last night, and also I'm doing some new workouts <laughs> and um, it made me feel kind of frustrated. And um, like, I just don't like, I just don't want to feel that way. Right. Um, and so my desire then was to get a massage. 
Uh, like, oh, I wish I could go get a real massage. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. I, so that's what came up for me. Never had an actual massage. Oh well, it's time, Gray. Give yourself <laughs> a massage. As soon as this whole thing is over, book right. yourself a massage appointment. Um, what came up for you? Um, what came up for me was uh, it wasn't a a specific enough feeling to name, but it was just something in my my core, my stomach, like my abdomen. Sure. Um, why do you think you felt it? I think I felt it um, because I don't feel like it supports me enough, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And your emotions about that? Um, a little bit of frustration, wondering how I can uh, strengthen that for myself and a tiny bit of doubt. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, desire? Desire would be for it, whatever that is, to uh, dissipate. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, either dissipate or uh, for me to be able to not get control of it, but I guess gain a acceptance of it. And I hear that. Work with it. Yeah. Yeah, I totally hear that. Thank you for sharing. I think one of the things that came up for me doing this process together and both of us had the emotion of frustration come up is I think very often and you know, we're women and we're <laughs> like supposed to be like happy all the time. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, right. that's obviously an oversimplification, but there's something about going through this process that for me has really been able to help me normalize the whole range of my human emotions that I go through. Like of course I'm frustrated. Of course you're frustrated by that. That makes sense. And that doesn't make me think of you as like a frustrated, angry person all the time, but of yeah. course that's frustrating. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think we allow ourselves to, uh, express ourselves like we should. And then, you know, we're afraid to, because of other people and their opinions or we're afraid to because people might take how we express ourselves the wrong way you know so totally totally I've had an amazing um practice zone for this recently because I'm in a newish relationship it's like love in the time of coronavirus and um it's been so interesting in my relationship to see the ways in which I like for instance wouldn't say like hey it frustrated me when I don't know, you put the sponge on the opposite side of the sink, then I like it. And, um, <laughs> and like, it, like, but I won't say that that frustrated me. And the truth is, as soon as I say it, my partner's like, Oh, well, okay, like, that's silly, Alyssa. But also, if you like the sponge on that side of the sink, fine, no problem. Right. You know, like, and I can just say it. And all that comes down to is just simple communication. Totally. But we're, if we're afraid to tell each other which side of the sink we prefer the sponge to be on, of course, we can't have an effective conversation about what's happening politically in the country right now. Like, of course we can't. Right. We're like, you're a right side of the sink sponge person. I'm a left side of the sink sponge person. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So it's yes. Human. And it's humans. And, and also yes. And it's, um, 
we all have masculine and feminine energies in us and our whole society, including us women, have bred this form of out of balance masculinity. Like what is masculinity in balance? Masculine energy in balance is um, decisive. It's clear, it's focused, it cuts through the noise. It's, it's like it, it knows the path forward, but out of balance masculine energy is I know everything, right? It is my way is the way, my way or the highway. And, and so you can see that like we've embodied this toxic masculinity is sometimes what people call it, or sometimes we call it the patriarchy is this, this system that got built up around that. And it's maybe a little bit problematic to call it the patriarchy because healthy patriarchy would be great. But what we have is this system where like, we're just, we've, we've all decided that we know and anyone who's not immediately in alignment with our way of being with our Truth way of knowing and everything else is, is wrong. Yeah, yeah, is canceled, is wrong, it's over, we won't even have a conversation. So um, yeah, I think like this, this conversation that you and I are having right now is the most important conversation right now. And in order to have it, we've got to have a healthy voice. We've got to have a free voice. We've got to feel able to speak our truth and we've got to be brave enough to do it. Right. That's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. It is. And that's, that's part of the thing is not everybody's going to work like that. It, it, it yeah in, in order to to build yourself up sometimes it takes some deconstruction and, and there's it, it, there's just it's a I'm fine the way I am that it's it's constantly a brick wall that everybody's hitting yeah totally it's uncomfortable it it, it is it is a lot easier it seems like less effort and a lot easier to maintain the status quo right. I've done it this way this is how I'm gonna do it right so yeah well, thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for doing this project. And if anyone wants to um, reach out to me, actually two resources I'll offer. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to my website, voicebodyconnection.com. And if you go to the website on the homepage, like right there, you can find the free mini course, which actually will explain the process that you and I did, Gray. Um, the, um, you know, talking through those steps and then how to communicate further. So feel free to take the free Find Your Voice, Speak Your Truth mini course. And there's a PDF in there as well that gives you all the questions written out. So I hope that's useful as a resource. All right, well, thank you very much. And do you have any final words of encouragement or motivation that you would like to share? When given a chance to give some final words of encouragement or motivation, yes, I would say your voice matters. That's a cliche because it's true. And do cultivate your voice, do raise your voice, do speak your truth, do speak up to the people around you, advocate for what you know what's right in your workspaces, create projects that you care about like you're doing, Gray. And yeah, use your voice, your voice matters. Well, thank you very much, Alyssa. That was a pleasure again to meet you. Thank you. And everybody else, get pop. Make it pop.